asked Byron's permission to do this. Um, to understand the Holy Spirit, you have to understand timing. Um, he does things in a certain sequence. I, I, got, I don't know if you noticed, but I got up and walked over there because I felt like the Lord had given me a prophecy for River Life Fellowship, and I wanted to ask Byron's permission to share it because it's going to cost him a pound of flesh if it comes true. Um, and I had no idea. you got to remember this now. I had absolutely no idea about all the children's ministry presentation this morning or that anything was going to be talked about about the children this morning at all. But if you'll remember, I guess it was three weekends ago that the Kathy Wal Walter, two weeks ago that day, and remember we were anointing people's feet, you know, to go, and I wound up, Becky asked me to grease people's feet. And so I was up here, and I, I was anointing people's feet, and Cindy Baker came by, and so I anointed her feet, and instantly it was like the Lord dropped a prophetic word in my heart for River Life Fellowship. I mean, it just, bam, hit me like a ton of bricks. And this is the word, okay? Mark it down. River Life Fellowship is called to plant multiple churches in several different nations. One of the hallmark characteristics that will make these churches different will be a seamless ministry between multiple generations. The very meaning of children's ministry will be altered. Today, in the majority of the Christian churches, children's ministry means adults ministering to children. But in these churches, two, three, and four generations of people will be ministering together in the power of the Holy Spirit so that children's ministry will be the children ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that will be a hallmark characteristic of these churches. He showed me a sea of faces, tens of thousands of people in several nations, that were searching and hungering, their spirits yearning for that kind of an expression where they would not have to battle the generation gap in church, but that there would be a unity of the generations in the midst of the church. Prepare to go. Prepare to go. Pound of flesh. <laughs> Passports. Get your passport now. Hallelujah. Well, I forgot to dismiss the children, but I'm glad I did because I needed to hear that. Kids, be blessed. Go minister to one another. Thank you, Lord. There they go. Don't get run over. <laughs> that, was, that was good, wasn't it? It was a good word. I don't have so much flesh though here to get rid of. <laughs> it's already been beat out of me. All right, thank you, Lord. Let's just take a moment and ask the Lord. I mean, gosh. Oof. Father, we just take all this stuff seriously. Yeah, mm. that, is serious. yeah. It's just, that stuff puts the fear of God in us, Lord. We just pray and you ask us to help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us. That's what we want. We want to hear your voice. We want to... We want to obey your voice. We want to be about the things that you're being about. And I just pray, even as, as you're speaking to us and as you are really staging us, Lord, for what you have for us to do and what you, what you want to really release into people's hearts and their minds, Lord, I just pray that we would have those ears to hear and eyes to see and receptive hearts for all that you want to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. Well, I can promise you I hadn't preached here in a long time for a whole month. I took a month away from preaching for so I could hear God better. Sometimes you need to quit hearing yourself. You never get tired of hearing yourself talk. Some people are saying no. Some are saying yes. The ones that are saying no, it's obvious they don't get tired of hearing themselves talk. But those, some of us just get sick of ourselves. I do me. Sometimes I think, oh, these people in this church don't want to hear anything else i got to say. But that would be good. It would be good to hear what the Lord has to say, right? And I wanted to, uh, I think what God wants to do is, is God wants to help us come to a higher level of hearing Him. Okay, that's really what I feel the Lord's been speaking to me and has, in the last month has really begun to reveal Himself to me to be able to hear Him like I haven't been hearing Him at a greater level. And I wanted to read John five nineteen through 20. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you. Everybody say, Most assuredly. Most assuredly. This, that's a great word. When Jesus says that, you better, better be careful. I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself, but what He sees the Father do. For whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son. Man, wasn't it just a real uh, sense of God's love in here earlier during the worship? Man, I got just, just a download of, of God's love. I had to go love on somebody. That's what I felt, because I felt God loving on me. It just... That's what happens, you know, when you feel God's love, you want to love. And that was just that, for the Father loves the Son. And the Lord really wants to reveal His love. And, uh, you know, that's a real key for hearing God is knowing that He loves you. If you don't know that God loves you or you're not, not in, you know, soaked in His love, you know, you can get sort of messed up about hearing Him. And shows Him all things that He Himself does, and He will show Him greater works in these that you may marvel. So the Lord really wants to speak to people. Uh, he really wants to have a relationship with people. Um, it's really in the Father's heart to have a relationship with us. It really is, and He really desires our our communication and intimacy with Him. I think He wants that more than anything else. When it really all comes down to it, God just wants to to commune with us and fellowship with us. And um, what I do know is this is, uh, and I have an example of this, but when you don't hear God's voice over a prolonged period of time, okay, like 30 minutes, <laughs> that's why you feel somebody like, God, you know, you can talk to me in 30 minutes. Well, not really. But a prolonged period of time, what you will do, and, and this, you see this happening in people's lives constantly, is you begin to develop a theology that sort of explains where you're at, Okay? And you begin to make decisions based on your theology instead of decisions on based on what God is telling you, what God's, God's voice. Do you understand that? And there's a huge difference there. That's why, you know, like Bill Johnson brought out in one of those videos we watched, was why, why there's not more healing in the church. is because people are not really hearing God about healing, so they have built this theology to justify no healing. And it's a false theology. And so this week I was at a pastor's meeting and I was, because the Lord is really just, honestly, this is what's happening to me. God is really beginning to speak to me. It's like a breath of fresh air has come into my life. I don't, that's how I can describe it. It just felt like, it's just like a breath of fresh air came to me. And uh, I was just sharing with these pastors about some things that God was telling me. And, and, and just one pastor in there who's a really good pastor, very experienced pastor, and really loves the Lord and really is a, you know, a Holy Spirit kind of guy. He really loves the Holy Spirit. and But he was just frustrated beyond measure about his church. And, you know, he just feels like his church is not going anywhere, honestly. He feels like there's no move of God in his church. There's no anointing in his church. And he's, like, done everything he knows to do. But then he said, he said, then I'm just, I haven't heard God in so long. I don't even know what his voice sounds like anymore. And then he went on to explain where he, what he thought was happening in his life. And this is what he thought. He thought... Well, you know, Moses was able to bring the children of Israel in, to, the, to the borders of the promised land, but he couldn't bring them in, and, and somebody else had to do it. So I feel like that's where God's got me. We've, we've brought this church as far as we can go, and now it's time for us to, to leave this church and do something else. And when he said that, I just thought, Bull, Bull, how can we make decisions apart from hearing God's voice? How can we make decisions going forward without hearing Him? 
And in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says, Man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we have to have this proceeding where we hear God speaking so we can go somewhere, where we can proceed. Otherwise, we're going to go in the wrong direction. And there's people in this church, in this room right now, who are making decisions, and you're making decisions in your life not based on the voice of God, but based on your theology. Okay? Or maybe based on your understanding of what you think God is doing instead of hearing Him. And that is, you're making error when you do that. You're doing error. And it will not lead you. Now, God's graceful and merciful. You know, he has a way of getting us back on track. But why go through things? We have to be really careful about this. Um, you can't really understand your life. You can't understand your situation correctly without hearing God's voice. Now, that's the truth because when God speaks to you, everything in your life changes. You, you have a whole different perspective about life. Your, your circumstances may not change. Your situation may not change that right that moment, but you're going to feel it and see it different than what you were feeling apart from hearing Him. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? This is really important. And so um, in the natural realm, you know, this, you know, a year from now, we're going to be close to putting a new president to lead our nation. And we need to hear God. The church needs to hear what God's got to say right now, not, you know, the day we go to vote about, you know, about the presidency of the United States and all the other things because I believe our nation is like, a, you know, coming up on a crossroads. And God wants to speak to, to us about our country because God has a heart for this nation as He does all nations. And He wants to speak to us. We need to hear Him about this. It's really important. So we got this change in the natural realm and I believe the church in America is coming up on change, you know, where God really wants to... He, there's changes coming. Now, I'll remind you of <laughs> Kathy Wilder's thing that she did with the change. when she put all, We put all the money up here on the floor. Y'all remember that? If you were here that Saturday night, because she, she said the Lord showed her that the angel of change was here in this church. Angel of change was here. And that's what the change... Yeah, the great thing about it is the Lord told Jackie that about three or four months ago, the same thing. Told her this was going to happen. At the time, she wasn't seeing it exactly, but she knew change was coming. She saw silver. You know, a lot of those corners silver looking. She was seeing some of this stuff. It's amazing how God has, is releasing prophetic anointing on people now to see what He's doing. A lot of times we get stuff, it, we don't really understand it. She asked me about it. I was giving her the classic, well, you know, silver in the Bible has to do with righteous character, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> shows how good, you know. Show, but, you know, then the Lord shows up and says, no, well, that is true, but this is what I'm really saying. And so we walked on this change, you know. And God, and I believe God does want to bring change. And I believe we have to... So what a lot of us do is when God begins to bring change, we have a hard time changing because we kind of want to hold on to what He was doing. You understand what I'm saying? We want to hold on. It was good what He was doing. It was wonderful what He was doing. And we don't want to let go of it to change. And that's where traditions begin that are not healthy. You know, that's where, you know, I think a lot of the probably things that we today would say was, is religious and dead. And at one time, it was probably full of life. You know what I'm saying? The life of God was on it, but the, nobody could move on from there. They wanted to hang on to that. And over time, it became dead and it became the tradition of man. Y'all all know this is nothing new here, but it's the truth. And God is really trying to help us to see He wants to... We're here at a place of change, okay? And um, so the Lord was showing me some things. Now, I, my thing is, is hearing God more. That's really what I, I'm talking about, but I want to just show you some things in the Bible that I feel like is for us as a church in, you know, in context of hearing the Lord speak to you and in context of, of change. Okay? Those two things. Are you good? And I'm going to use this, uh, what the Lord showed me was about the church of Antioch in the Bible. And, you know, Antioch was the... Uh, you know, some people say, and it's probably true, Antioch, you know, Jerusalem was like the mother church of all churches. You know, it was the original church. But then Antioch sprung up, and, it's, and it did spring out of, you know, Jerusalem's, the ministry from the church there, but they, Antioch became sort of the mother church of the Gentile nation, which, you know, that's sort of what we are. 
Okay, it became you know the original church, and really in in the Bible, in the in the Book of Acts, you know everything centered around Jerusalem, and then it started slowly shifting, especially about hit Acts ten when Peter preached to Cornelius, who was you know a Roman soldier, and then in Acts eleven suddenly things start really moving towards Antioch. Antioch became the big deal, the big focus. In Antioch, really the word means it means to move swiftly like a chariot. And so there's this, this movement that God wants to bring in, like the movement of Antioch. I feel like that's what we're really called to, because Antioch was the great church that actually sent, and we'll read that in a minute, sent out the first missionaries to the Gentile world, being Paul and Barnabas. So they really were a, a missionary church. And if we go back to our history of our church, the thing that Lord the first thing the Lord ever said to me that I knew was the voice of God for this church that we were to be a mission church. We were to be a missionary church. That was the first thing He told me above everything else. That was the number one thing. You're to be a missionary church. And, you know, we don't really, you know, we've sort of messed around with that definition forever. It's sort of a moving definition. But I just think that we really have a calling that was very similar to Antioch's church, the church in the Bible called Antioch. So, I want to read this to you, Acts 11. Are you all okay? Yeah. Good. It says, uh, Those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. So you see, these guys were still stuck in this old mindset. They wouldn't do, you know, then it was just the Jews, and they really hadn't got the revelation yet that God was interested in everybody. Okay, but some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to these Greek-speaking Jews, preaching the Lord Jesus. Okay, so they were preaching the Lord Jesus to these people. Then news, of the, and, the, and the hand of the Lord was with them. Everybody, let's just stop right here. This is important. Let's ask the Lord for His hand to be with us. That's what we need. You know, we need, personally, in this church, we need the hand of the Lord to be with us. So, Father, we ask you right now, you, just raise your hand to the Lord, if you will, and just say, here's my hand, Lord. Lord, I want your hand to be in my hand. Your hand to be in my life. Your hand to be in this church. Be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. You know, in the hand, you know, that kind of, that's the, the strength and power of things. You can get nothing done if you ain't got no, it's just a voice, you know. He wants, he wants to do some stuff. And then it says, a great number believed and turned to the Lord. That's what happens when the hand of the Lord's around. People start believing. And people start turning and repenting, you know, going to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, everybody seen, say, seen the grace of God. He saw something. He saw the hand of the Lord with them people. And he, said it in the, he described it as being grace. Grace was on these people. You know, that grace revelation is really, really powerful. But we don't really, we, there's more to grace. So he was glad. Everybody say he was glad. See, he got happy. He saw something. You know, I don't know, man. We just, I wish we could be more happy about when the Lord does stuff. We get more glad when God does. You know, God saved five people. Oh, gosh! That's our dream, Lord! Is five people get saved, and what Matthew described as, oh, I'm just stumbling through, I just happened to lean on the right door, and it fell open, and there were salvations. See, this is really what the Lord wants to do. You know what's shocking to me when you read the book of Acts is how much stuff happened not in the church, but outside the church. It's shocking. It keeps talking about the marketplace. They were in the marketplace. You know, they were on the road. God was moving. See, and we, I think in church, well, in America, and this is a little bit off the subject, but this is important, we tend to make church more of an event thing. We want to have this event, and that's sort of our Christianity, you know, in, you know, when you take it to an extreme. But God really is saying, no, this, is just, this really is just a part of it, but this is not all of it. Yeah, so the Lord wants to do a lot of things with our lives. And this is not all of it. Because if this is all of it, we got trouble. You know, we're we in church here two hours. Some people are a little bit more. They, in more, they, in le they actually in more trouble. <laughs> Anyways, 
so I think that's really important that we, we keep that in our hearts. Um, so he was glad. He encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. And I think that's a key that we have to get now is in our hearts, not in our minds, but there's a heart decision. Okay? There's a heart decision because the Bible really teaches our heart has a brain, has a mind. I mean, I, can, I ain't got time to show you this, but the really, your heart has the same five senses that your natural man has. It has eyes. It has ears. Okay, it feels things because the Bible really clearly says that if you really read the Bible. How did Mary ponder things in her heart? You see what I'm saying? So we, we have to become a people who make decisions in our heart because if we just make them in our mind, they don't hold. But when a person is motivated from what's down in their heart and makes decisions at that level, then their mind has to follow if the person really is going, going to follow their heart and if heart making a decision to follow the Lord, then your natural mind will follow that and that's where the renewed mind of Christ comes into a person's life. You know, it's the way it works. I, you know, hey, I am an expert on the mind. I spend 80% of my Bible study time studying the mind in the Bible and trying to understand the mind and the heart. And there is a massive download in the Bible about these things, but I don't want to get off on all that because I could get, go way off on it, but it's good, though, because God really wants a people with a renewed mind. That's what he wants. He wants a people with a renewed mind because their lives will change. And those people will change the world. Okay? Anyways, so we need to make this decision in our hearts. And I think that's a real key for what God wants. And so, um, verse 24, For he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and when he had, when he had found him, he then Barnabas departed uh, for Tarsus, uh, to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Saul was, was sort of in uh, self-imposed slash church-imposed exile at this point because he was <laughs> causing trouble, and so they shipped him off for a few years. From three to 13 years, nobody's really sure about how long he was down there in Tarsus. But anyway, he was bent down there with the Lord. So he came back, and it says, So for a whole year they assembled the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So here's, they had this one year, this one year download time, this one year where the Holy Spirit was working on them, getting them ready, preparing them for something. Okay? It was their version of the river of the Holy Spirit being released into this church. And they were finding out things about God and about the realm of the Holy Spirit and about this whole thing, very similar to what was happening to our church. You know, and the truth is, I think many people in this church have learned more about the Holy Spirit in their last year than they did the preceding 30-something years. I was one of them. It's a download time to really gain more from God. Okay, and that's really what was happening there in Antioch. Okay, they were getting a download, and the Lord was using different people to help, help with this download that they were getting. I mean, these people were really on a fast track, and that's really what God... You know, their name. They were moving fast in the Lord, and God wants to accelerate us because everything in the natural realm is accelerating. I remember back in the 80s, Arthur Burt talking to us about the fullness of time and the fullness of knowledge and all the technology and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, daggone, man. He don't know nothing compared to what it is now since the 80s. Technology has skyrocketed. Knowledge has skyrocketed. We really are in a fullness. And things are moving, accelerating very quickly right now. And the natural, so thus the spiritual, we must even be accelerating more. All right, then, so a little, you know, a little over a year from the time the Lord showed up in Antioch, and this is in Acts 13, this is really good. I'm excited about this, honestly. Because I feel like the Lord's trying to talk to us right now. now. It says, now in the church that was Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Don't you love the prophetic anointing God's releasing to people? The teaching anointing God's given people. I mean, we have just seen an acceleration in gifting in people this past year. I mean, seriously, I'm not going to really mess with Jackie too much because her husband's here, and I don't want him messing with me because he's bigger than I am. But she really gets some powerful prophetic stuff. I mean, she really sends me these emails, and I'm always giving her bad and bad advice about what they really mean. Then, like, it's like that one. But she's gotten several things from the Lord that were absolutely the Lord. 
And the Lord came and did, and did those things. And there's many other people who may not be sharing it who are getting downloads. And there's people who's preaching, and Matthew's preaching has went up in the last year. I would say so. Wouldn't y'all say so? He's a much better preacher now than he was a year ago. Andy did a great job, but don't tell him because he ain't in here. <laughs> Just begging. We like to pick on Andy. So God, God has given people more, and we can be accelerated still and get more. Andy just walked in thinking he heard his name, and he had to come in here. <laughs> he did a great job last week. That's acceleration. That's the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what he was doing. And uh, it, then it lists these guys, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius, a Cyrene, Manion, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As, now, this is it. This is where we're at right now. This is where we should be. This is, what, this is direction from the Lord. As they minister to the Lord, as they minister to the Lord, okay? Now, that's really... See, they had been involved in something powerful, okay? They had powerful people in, in their midst, okay? So you knew they had this sense that God was going to do some stuff, that God, the prophets were prophesying things that the Lord wanted to do, and guess what they did? They didn't sit around and try to figure out how they were going to do these things. Okay? They didn't sit around and try to figure out how they were going to start all these churches down that they did if you read on. And they started piles of churches that was born out of that church and that ministry in that church. But what they did was it says they ministered to the Lord. Okay? And that's really what God's calling us to do right now is to minister to Him. That's that anointing of love that the Lord was releasing to him, when we begin to feel God's love for us, what do we want to... We want to love back. We want to minister to the Lord through, through you know, in, in the practical way is through loving on other people. But that's really what the church needs to be doing. It says they minister to the Lord. And uh, then we get the, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit eraser. That's what I ask the Lord for. Lord, let me have an eraser. Okay, I pick out verses in the Bible on a race. One is through faith and patience. I'm erasing the patience part. Wouldn't y'all like to erase that out of the Bible? Like, I just faith, Lord, just faith. And we'll take your faith down and we'll get our promises. We don't want to wait on them. Then here's another one. It says they ministered to the Lord and what? Fasted. Y'all say that. And God is really wanting the church to fast, believe it or not. And I don't like fasting. And I would prefer not to even be talking using that four-letter word. <laughs> but it is true that God wants to teach us how to fast, but it be a fast that's inspired by grace and not a, a fast of, you know, just, I don't know. I don't really like the way fasting is presented in these days, honestly. Everybody who gets into all that, I just think, I don't really want to don't feel right to me. And that maybe I'm just messed up. Maybe it's just my personal shield up against it, like, uh, you know, don't talk to me about fasting. I don't know, but I just, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but I just know this. This is Holy Spirit. This is New Testament. And God really wants us to fast. Okay? And we need to ask the Lord on a personal level about fasting, how He'd have us fast. Because I'm not about to sit here, all right, now we're going to have a church-wide fast and... I'm not going to do it. The Lord's going to have to tell me that. I'm not going to just read a verse in the Bible and do that. I need to hear the Lord say it. But if he did say it, I would do it. So y'all can be praying he won't say it. <laughs> but I am encouraging you to fast. And I encourage you to ask the Lord about fasting, whatever you should do. You know? So as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, guess what? They heard the Holy Spirit speaking. The Holy, it says the Holy Spirit said... Now, that's the key, is we have to be able to hear him to be able to know what to do from this point forward. We can't figure out what he wants. So he may say, well, I want, that was a good word. I believe that word is the Lord. I want you to start churches, okay? And I want these churches to be famous. We could beat our brains out trying to figure out a strategy for that. We don't need to do that. What we need to do is hear the Holy Spirit. We need to minister to the Lord. And as we're ministering to him, and as some people are fasting... <laughs> As some people are fasting, I assign you the fasting duties in that church. <laughs> no, nah, that won't work. <laughs> I think the Lord say, all right, Byron, you're in trouble now. <laughs> no, nah, we need to fast. But as we do those things, I mean, I need to. Maybe I need to just go ahead and just say, I need to fast, Lord. I'm avoiding it at all costs. <laughs> but as we put our focus on that, ministering to the Lord Himself, and the Lord wants 
this relationship with us, this love relation, this communion where we hear Him talk to us. That's what He desires. He begins to speak. He begins to release His strategies because He has... Remember, Jesus only did what He saw the Father do. There was this connection where Jesus was hearing and seeing what the Father was doing. He was getting this download from God and He knew what to do and that's why He was successful. And that's what got Him in so much trouble. You know, got Him killed. But he knew it was going to happen, so he wasn't worried. You see the same thing in Paul's life. Uh, the Holy Spirit said this, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Separate those guys unto me. Set them apart. I have a something for them. And here's what I think. Now I want to be careful about this because y- you can go wrong on this. If we put the focus on the work, okay? If you put your focus... You're, I'm talking about your main focus. You're not, or your, you know, I think, this is what I think. I could be wrong about this. In the church, we have lots of teachings on destiny. Your, per, my, you know, your destiny in the Lord, and I believe in that. But I believe if you put your focus on destiny, well, they just wasn't doing that. That's my thing. If they didn't do that in the Bible, you don't hear them, them teachings in the Bible. It doesn't push those things. We should say we have a destiny. These guys had a destiny. The work, the destiny I've called them, I've set them apart for, but they got it in the context of ministering to the Lord. They got it in the context of fasting. They got it in the context, you know, of hearing His voice. And once that happened, those things work better. I think we get it reversed. That's all I'm saying. I really... But I won't... I just feel that in my own life. I feel like I, that's what i got to be careful for, is not to put my focus on the destiny thing. And the work thing, but I need to put my focus on the Lord, and as I do that, He reveals those things to me. They they happen because I'm hearing Him speak to me. That's I, that's what I want you to get. I don't want you to get that destiny's bad and you know all that because I don't believe that. I think it's really important. All right, so they set the people apart. Verse three. Then having fasted and prayed again, they were fanatics in that church. <laughs> the Lord spoke to them, and this what did they do? Well, we're going to pray and fast more about this. Not, did we hear God? No. How, okay, now, Lord, you know, we, let's get with the program here. We want to get more connected to you. We want to hear more from you, God. When you, you know, I can just imagine, man, the Lord spoke that. I can imagine being a person in that church saying, dang on, if the Lord's saying that about Paul and Barnabas, he could say that about me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. You know, I'm going to, you know, be connected with the Lord. I'm not going to do some stupid legalistic thing, you know. Then having fast and prayed uh, and laid hands on them, said, fast, pray, hear God, fast, pray, minister to the Lord, fast, hear God, fast, pray, lay hands on, send. That's what they did. That was the order that they did this thing. This is important, guys, for us. This really is important where God wants to take us. They sent them away. Now it says in verse 4, they sent them away, verse 3. Then it says, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit. On one hand, the people were sending them. Then the next verse, it's almost, it was contradictory in the natural. The Holy Spirit sent them. But what it was was when we began to connect with the Lord like that, Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. There's this, this, this companionship, this joint venture between man and God where God is really doing it, but he's letting us in on it. You know what I'm saying? God's really doing it all. Heck, everybody knows that. You know, we really are like a little child helping, helping their mama clean the house. We're making a dog a mess. He's cleaning the house, and we're behind him helping him, and we're making a mess, but really he's saying, y'all, great job. Let me pick that up from you. Know. Anybody with your kids that? You let them help you, even, when they, even though they're not really doing anything, but it causing trouble. But you love them so much, you want them to be involved with you, and you just enjoy being with them. So they help you. We're in there with God, helping God do this like little children. And He's happy as He can be. He loves us. He's excited about us doing that. And that's really a lot of what He's saying there. So that's, so we, they did that. They sent these people out and they went out and this is the first missionary journey of Paul in the Bible. And then Paul went out and did it. He went back to, to, to Antioch. And they sent him. He went back out again for the second. Then he went back to Antioch. And he went back again to the third. To the third, the, the three, the greatest missionary journeys to, in, recorded in the Bible came out of this church. Okay, came out of these people hearing the voice of the Lord. It's powerful, and that's really what God has for us. 
He really does. He wants to use us. He really does. He wants to use people. And He wants to use everybody. All right, now we'll jump down to Acts 15. Y'all okay? I'm excited about this. All right, and certain men, Acts 15, verse 1. See, this. All right, the Lord's done all this stuff. Everybody's happy. Things are going great. And then certain men came down from... Notice they didn't give them their names. Their names didn't deserve to be in the Bible. <laughs> Every once in a while, God will put somebody's name in there when they really do something bad, but most, most of the time, he just, they're certain men. <laughs> came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Whoa, that's heresy right there that they were bringing into this church. They were bringing real heresy, legalism. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them. Okay, no small, okay. That's a nice way of saying they had a big fight. <laughs> I mean, they had a knockdown drag out. You know, I can just imagine in Paul and Barnabas like, yeah, you're going to get away with this, no way. So they had this big fight with this guy, big argument in the church over this doctrine. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about the question. So after the fight, they just decided, yeah, well, we need to just go back to the, to the main people up here in Jerusalem and talk to them about what these guys are doing. Really, this is what I really think. I think these guys are saying, y'all need to go out and tell on these people. I mean, just flat tell these people what these guys are doing. Because I guarantee you, Paul, being a Pharisee, knew. I mean, he wasn't no idiot. He knew what they were doing. They were trying, they were trying to destroy the church. It was a religious spirit trying to get in this church and destroy it. And I think really what we've got to be careful about now, this is, this is what the Lord really wants us to be careful about. He wants us to be careful about these kind of things. Because whenever God moves, the enemy is waiting to come in the door and slide his stuff in. Okay? And this was really somewhat of a distraction, but God used it. Okay, so they go to Jerusalem and have a big conference in Jerusalem with all the people in charge and talk about it. And you can read that in Acts, the rest of Acts 15. It was a pretty powerful meeting because you had, the, you had the top people in the church at that time gathered. I mean, the top guns that they was. You had Paul and Barnabas. You had Peter and you had James the apostle or James the, bro the brother of Jesus who was the head of the church at that time. Plus all the other elders and, and I mean, all the guns, man. I mean, all the big people that you really want that got the counsel of God. You know, if you could get all the big people today together, who, you know, whoever they would be in your life, like you're going to get these people and, and we're going to talk to them about this thing and they're going to tell us what we're supposed to do. That's what happened. So they, they had this big, long, drawn-out discussion and then they come up with this letter that they write. Okay, now this is really where it gets crazy to me. They write this letter with this profound so-called counsel. That's, that's why you read, you think... I mean, if you were just reading this for the first time, you were thinking, wow, I can't wait to hear what they're going to say to answer this question. There's this wisdom that's going to flow out of the pages of my Bible now. And this is the wisdom that they gave when you read it. First you think, what? They says, uh, okay, and I'm just going to read the one verse, verse 28 and 29. And this is what they said. Well, at first it seemed good to the Holy Spirit... And to us, so there's the Holy Spirit involved, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, okay, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these, you will do well. Farewell. <laughs> That's what they said to them. And you, you know, you would think they would have given them some, something else. To me, I would have thought, why don't y'all give them something better than that? You just told them, you know, don't drink blood. Don't be eating no animal strangled. If anybody's sacrificing stuff to idols, uh, and don't have sexual immorality. It's like, duh, everybody knows. You shouldn't do those things. That's no counsel. That's the natural man talking. Okay? But it is actually, it turns out to be very profound because, all right, now I want you to get this. They said necessary things. Okay? We didn't want to lay no greater burden than these necessary things. Every Christian has to learn this. They are necessary things that God lays on you. Okay? So that's really what I believe we've got to learn. What are those necessary things? 
For me personally, I need to know that. I need to know that for my family, and I need to know that for this church. Okay? I need to know that for every person that the Lord sends for me to minister to. I need to know what are the necessary things that God would have me say to this person. Okay, because they are necessary things. But it is the burden that the Lord says, my burden is light. They're not heavy things, they're light things. Okay, and so it's important for us to understand we do have necessary things. In their case, it was things like not drinking blood. For me, not drinking blood is not an issue in my life. Right? I mean, I'm not worried about me being tempted to drink blood. I don't think most people in this room be worried, like, who's going to drink blood? Nobody. Why would we even worry about that? Because the point is, there's things in your life that may be issues or things in your life that God is saying to you, no, this is what you've got to do. You must do these things. Okay? But we can't find those things out apart from hearing His personal voice in our life. And we use the Scripture to verify His voice, but we can get into all that at another time. Everybody knows that. We're not talking about throwing the Bible out. We're talking about hearing the voice of the Lord speaking to our hearts, speaking to, into our minds and hearing what he's got to say. And we had to really ask the Lord about those necessary things. Now, that was really good. Um, that's how we determine the necessary burdens, is you've got to hear God. If you don't hear him, you're not going to be able to determine what they are, and you're going to be doing wrong stuff. You're going to be carrying stuff that you shouldn't be carrying. That is why when, when Kathy Walters came and talked about these mindsets we have, okay, she was talking about people had mindsets, and false responsibilities and false burdens and false yokes that God never put on them. Okay? And that's one of the things when she did the angel change thing, that we walked on the change, and she wanted us to realize that God wants to change that. And the change is, is getting rid of those burdens, those unnecessary things. Okay, and that's really what God wants to break off of you because we really can't hear God if we're carrying things on us that we shouldn't carry. You hear me? That's why it's so important to go after those mindsets of, of religion and false yokes in our life. You know, one of the things she said, everybody said, you know, tell me what it is. I can't quote the qualifying thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be disqualified for something you were never qualified for in the first place. And that sets people free. Like, I've got to measure up to something to get in. You know? It's like, no, you don't have to measure up. You're in. He puts you in. That's important. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? It's really, it's really powerful. Now, let's, let's read Acts 16. We need to take this real personal right here, right now. This is what God's saying. Number one, don't make decisions apart from hearing God's voice. If you're making major decisions, I'm not talking about getting up in what color pants you're going to wear that day. I mean, come on, you know. God, you can pick your pant color out. If God don't happen to want it, I know people who can't, though. They need help. They, have, they get to work and have one brown shoe on, one black shoe on. You ever did that? That's embarrassing. Here's some excuse you use. It was, dark. it was dark in the closet this morning when I put my shoes on. I've done it actually recently. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't walk out the house with it. I thought, God, what is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're not talking about. I'm talking about decisions that are going to affect your life. You got to hear God. Don't make these decisions you're making. Don't do it. You need to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, or you could be headed for trouble. And He He'll help you though if you make a mistake. If you've made decisions and are got in trouble over or you're in trouble right now, it's okay. The Lord wants to help you because he's not mad at you. But this is what happened in verse Acts 16, 4 through 5. All right, it says, As they went through the cities, this is Paul and Barnes, they delivered to them the, the, the decrees to keep which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. That's interesting they use that word decree there. They had decreed something. Okay, and this is what they decreed. And this is a decree for us. God has necessary burdens for you, and there's unnecessary burdens. Take the necessary ones, get rid of the unnecessary ones. That's an dec apostolic decree. And only you and the Holy Spirit ultimately are going to be able to figure those two things out. Okay? 
That's terrible, isn't it? You go to church thinking you're going to get some big word, and you got to figure it out. i got to get it figured out just between me and God. What a shame. All right? And it, so the churches, listen, this is what happens. The churches were strengthened in faith and increased in number daily. That was the result. Is When we begin to get rid of these unnecessary burdens, begin to hear the voice of the Lord, we're going to be strengthened in our faith, and we're going to be increased in, in our effectiveness in life. That's the, the end result. And that's really what God has for us right now. Okay? Are y'all good? See, some people need to get this. I, y'all really need to get what I'm telling you because this is, this is, this is going to affect us. You know, this is really going to affect us. I'm worried about some people in this room right now. I feel like people, this decisions that you're making, and you're not making them based on what God's saying. You're making them based on what you think. And I'm telling you, that is a big mistake you're making. Don't do it, whatever it is. Stop. Stop and wait on God and give God a chance to speak to you. Even if you have to put everything on hold and it's going to make everybody feel inconvenienced, it'd be better for them to feel inconvenienced than for you to do something that God hasn't called you to do. And God wants to speak to you. Okay, now here's what happened to me. I'll just tell you this. This is something that I think is a danger. Is, you know, we do have a focus here on the supernatural realm. And I'm really very interested in the supernatural realm, okay? I'm interested in seeing the supernatural realm manifested in this natural realm. However, okay, if we're not careful, or maybe if I'm not careful because I'm the one who got rebuked about this, is setting my eyes on those things so much that I'm missing hearing God speak to me in other ways, okay? And that's what happened to me, okay? Let me just tell you right quick. I got this phone call at 2 o'clock. What time was it when I got that phone call? You called me. What time did you call me? 2.30 in the morning. I dead sleep. You know, you don't want to get phone calls at that time. Either bad news or people messing with you, you know. Nobody calls you for good news at 2.30 in the morning. Well, it was not bad news. It was where the alarm's going off at the church and the police are there. Would you go up there? Yeah, or a baby born. That's good news, yeah. You want that one. Yeah. So I get up to walk out the walk up here to the church and it happened to be raining that night. Pouring down raining at two thirty in the morning, which thank God it was. So I'm walking up here in the rain at two thirty in the morning. Okay? So I'm trying to decide to be mad because <laughs> I'm being woke up and I was sleeping so good, or I just somehow Lord feel like you're in this. That you've woken me up and you've got doubly woke me up and put me in the rain to get me woke up. That you really want to talk to me. I just felt that. So I went out here and dealt with the police, took care of all that. wasn't a big deal. And as I was walking back, the Lord started speaking to me. And this is what he said, you're not listening to me. Okay, I said, what do you mean I'm not listening to you? Lord, I'm here. All, I'm starting to tell him all the stuff I was doing. He was saying, then, well, then, then he brought to my mind two conversations I had had it was like on a Wednesday night sitting in here. And I realized in those two conversations, those people spoke to me the same thing and they were speaking my destiny to me. Okay? And I thought, oh my gosh, God was speaking to me and I didn't even know it because I was so hung up on the other ways that God was going to speak to me that when he was trying to speak to me, I couldn't hear Because I was like, well, I'm just going to be true with you. I'm going to go here and soak, and the Lord's going to hear me. Okay? Or I'm going to worship, or, or the Lord's going to speak to me while I'm soaking. Or I'm going to be worshiping, the Lord's going to speak to me. Or somebody's going to share something, the Lord's going to speak to me. Okay? Or I'm going to get prayed for in the Lord. None of those things. And I was listening, trying to hear God and all that, and he spoke to me when I went and sat down beside a person and had a casual conversation with them. And then I got up and went to another person and had a conversation with and had the same thing happen. But, but I had my mind somewhere else trying to hear God in another way and I was missing Him. And so He chose to drag me out in the rain in the middle of the night to say, I'm trying to speak to your life and you're not listening to me because you want it to be in another way. And if you'll just listen to me, you can get life. And when I realized that, it was like this breath of fresh air blew through my my heart, my inward man, because I had heard God speak to me at that moment. God wants to speak to us. He's talking. 
Lots of times we're just not listening. We're just not listening. And he told me this. He did tell me. He said, the first way you need to hear me is you need to hear the river that's inside of you because it's in there. And if you'll, let it, if you'll let it flow up, it will flow up into your intellect, into your mind, into your heart. And as you do that, you can release it to other people. God wants to talk to people. He's real interested in it. And then I started showing me all this out because I asked him, well, what about our church, Lord? You know, what, are we, what are we supposed to do from here? You know, I don't want to have to try to figure this out. I'm not smart enough to have some strategy, sit down and figure out some write down this strategy on the whiteboard. I don't want to do that. That's not my program. I didn't start this, Lord. You started it. What are we supposed to do next? I just show us. And that's when he started speaking all this stuff to me. Are y'all here? Got me on. There you go. That's good. Well, how many of you want to get rid of some false burdens and false responsibilities today? Yeah, I feel like that's really what the Lord wants to take off of us, honestly, so that we can hear, because it really is what it holds us back from hearing. I, I'm pretty convinced. You know, I was talking to Byron about this yesterday, but before Kathy came, I didn't know Kathy. Really heard one tape, and I'm you know, wasn't sure, just kind of leery, but the Lord spoke to me and uh, out one day when I was jogging and said, you need to receive her as a prophet. And, and I just sort of set my heart that way. And so I really believe that is the word that that prophetic voice brought to us was this thing about qualifying spirit and false responsibilities, false burdens, so that we can hear the Lord and really know the bur- the necessary burdens he wants to put on us. But if we are so bogged down by stuff that is, you know, it's, it's you know, the Lord really wants us to cease striving and know that he's God, and, and live in that place of rest because that's where we hear. And I really want you to respond this morning. I, we need prayer ministry to keep people up, and if you'll come and pray, because we really, I, I believe, we won't be able to answer the call to the nations unless we get this thing on this level fixed in our own hearts. We can't set other people free if we're not free ourselves. So, um, anyway. I really feel like the Lord today is really stressing the thing of individual. This is for you individually. Because I really feel like the Lord's saying it's not... You know, there's so much that the pastors and the and people that you go to and even sitting in meetings and hearing good teachings and stuff, there's only so much that they can impart to us. And there's a point that the Lord really is saying, I need to, I need to have that communication going on with you one-on-one. That one-on-one communication that it's not just for the pastors, that the Lord really is wanting each one of you individually to be hearing the voice of the Lord for yourselves and for the body of Christ. You know, that I just feel that, stre- that thing being stressed in me that the Lord wants you to know this is for you individually. This is for you. This is for you. He desires communication with you. He desires that time with you in the secret place. You know, and, and that He can really that you can get to know Him, that you might be able to recognize His voice when He's speaking.